Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Let the blood of Jesus come now and wash over their heart, over their conscience. 
you give them the gift of repentance. May there be fresh love, fresh joy, fresh cleansing, fresh renewal. May there be a confidence that they have the boldness to stand with you today and to enjoy your presence and to set us a new course for their feet. From this moment forward, you are going to be leaving this building with a new path. You're going to be walking a new direction. You're going to be giving Jesus everything from this day forward. And we bless you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's a water baptism service coming up. We bless you in Jesus' name. And we ask for, for grace to abound to you, for love to abound to you. There's a family of God that is waiting for you. And we and, and you are to come into the family. You are to wrap your heart around the family of God and be joined to the church of Jesus Christ. We bless you today. Jesus' name. Let's give thanks to God today. Sign. 
signs and wonders. And that's the appropriate way to testify to the greatness of your resurrection. And Lord Jesus, we're just asking you, and I'm going to make it a public prayer, would you demonstrate that you are alive and would you demonstrate that you are real today by doing signs and wonders and miracles in this room, in the lives of hearts, souls, bodies, families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is that Tanner on the on the on the camera? Awesome. My text this morning is John sixteen twenty one. John sixteen twenty one. You're welcome to find it in your Bible or on your device. I think we might have help on the screen as well. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Jesus spoke these words hours before the cross. It's the night of his betrayal. He knows what's coming just hours from now, but the disciples have no idea what's coming. And so Jesus wants to prepare them for it, and he's going to do it by giving them a metaphor. The power of metaphor is that it paints a picture so you can see it with your mind's eye. And he gives us the metaphor of childbirth. And he's basically saying to the disciples, I'm going into labor. He says, things are about to get messy. I'm, and you're going to be distracted with the sorrow the anguish, the travail, the birth pangs, the contractions, the pushing. Jesus says, I'm going into labor. I'm going into hard labor. And when you're looking at the cross, you're looking at God in labor to birth something in our planet. Jesus is basically saying in our text, I'm pregnant. He was pregnant with prophecy. He was pregnant with purpose. He was pregnant with possibility. And when you're looking at the cross, you're looking at God in labor. And then when you're looking at the resurrection, born. Here comes the church. Here comes redemption. Here comes a new and living way into the presence of the Father. And the reason 
childbirth was so intense was because it was a real big baby. <laughs> when the disciples looked at the cross, all they could see was everything shutting down. When God looked at the cross, he saw everything opening up. When the disciples looked at the cross, they saw the Give me 
me my nails and I'll, so that I can earn my stripes as the captain of your salvation. Give me my nails and I'll erect on this hill a tower of salvation. Give me my nails. The carpenter knows what to do with those nails. Give me my nails and I will hammer out your redemption right here on this here hill. Give me my nails and I will nail every accusation that the adversary uses against you. Give me my nails and I will nail to this cross the code of requirements that has been contrary to you. Now, I am thinking right now of Colossians 2.14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. It's a reference to the law of Moses. The law of Moses had a standard that we had to meet to please God. If you're going to please God according to the law of Moses, here's all the things you have to do, 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 do. And here's all the things you have to not do, not, 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 not do. And it was actually against us. It was contrary to us because none of us could measure up. And it produced a performance religion that none of us could keep up with. Jesus Christ on his cross nailed those requirements to the cross so that now our righteousness is not based on our performance. It's based on his performance. There was only one person that could pull this off. And on the cross, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, did for us what we could never do. And now when you place your faith in the cross of Jesus Christ, he credits to you Jesus' performance. It's stunning. And Jesus on his cross, you thought they were nailing him, and he goes, I'm nailing it. It's the consummate reversal. He nailed to his cross the requirements that were against us, unhelpful, and now we stand today in the merits of the blood of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in the room that is thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ today? All you have to do is kneel at the cross, put your faith in his performance, and he calls you the righteousness of God. Yes, Kelvin, I am preaching the gospel on Easter Sunday morning. nails so that I can birth the purposes of God.
purposes and birth his purposes in your life. Do not despise the pain. There are some things in the kingdom of God you will never birth until you're in enough pain. <laughs> Scripture calls Jesus the firstborn from the dead. There's two passages where he is called the firstborn from the dead. And uh, what that means is that Jesus at the resurrection was born from the dead. But then it calls him the firstborn. What that means is there's others going to be born from the dead after him. He's not the only one. He was first, but there are others that are going to follow and also be born from the dead because of him. And I happen to be looking at a bunch of those people this morning. I am one. 
watching this, thinking to myself, impossible. This will never happen. And as I'm watching her push, I literally thought to myself, I can't believe that seven billion people have come into the world like this. <laughs> Chuck, it was so intense. And I'm watching her push. When my second one came along, her name is Katie, when Katie came along, Chuck, She's just like, what was that? She just came right out. I was expecting an encore. And that's when I learned the first one is often the hardest. Because the firstborn is opening a birth canal for the first time. Jesus Christ was the firstborn from the dead, and he opened the birth canal of resurrection for the first time.
find it helpful to identify the seat of the human spirit. The seat of the human mind is here. The seat of the human will is here. The seat of your convictions and values is here, your heart. The seat of your emotions and feelings, right down in your gut somewhere, right down here somewhere. Between your feelings and your convictions, right around here, right in the vicinity of your solar plexus, is the seat of the human spirit. You might even want to put your hand there right now if you want to, just to kind of connect with it. It's like this is the area where our spirit functions from. And Terrence, the reason that this is to me is because when I want to connect with the Holy Spirit, I don't go here. I don't go even here. I go right here. He did the cross from here. And here's my message for you today. Do your trial from here. Jesus entered into travail on the cross and birthed something. Then when he sent the Holy Spirit, now this is Romans chapter 8, when he sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit picked up where Jesus left off. And now the Holy Spirit is in the earth travailing to birth purposes of God in our planet. And now you and I do the exact same thing. We enter into travail in prayer, in intercession to birth things in the Holy Spirit. And we do it, Kalila, by partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's our spirit with the Holy Spirit and we're doing the exact same thing he did on the cross. We are travailing to birth things in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our generation. And may the Lord give you grace to bring the thing to full term and birth the purposes of God in your story. You're pregnant with promise. That's why you're eating so much right now. That's why you can't get enough word right now. You are on a high-calorie word intake right now because you've got a promise from heaven. And when you get a promise from heaven, you have to grow that promise in your spirit. When you get a promise from heaven, you don't chill. You ramp up your word intake. You now need a high-calorie word intake to grow 
flesh and give us what God is trying to birth in your life. When you get a promise from God, you don't relax your prayer life. You ramp up your prayer life. When you get a promise from God, you're like, you will never hear the end of this now. Now that you have given me this promise, I am never going to back off. I'm going to badger you. I'm going to hound you. I'm going to harass you. I'm going to trouble you. I'm going to knock, ask, seek. I'm coming after you until you fulfill your promise in my life. We need some people in California that will get a promise from God in their spirit, grow that thing, bring it to full term, push, and give us a testimony in California. Somebody goes, this trial is killing me. God's like, I don't see a tomb. I see a womb. That's basically my message. I'm mostly finished. I'm just going to say it a couple more ways. But that's all I'm going to say. It's not a tomb. It's a womb. I'm going to illustrate it with a couple more stories. Jacob. Jacob is up in Canaan with his family of 70. And God takes Jacob's family of 70 and puts them inside Egypt for 400 years. And here's what I want you to see. Egypt was a womb for the nation of Israel. I'm going to show it to you. Back in those days, the number one killer of human population was war. This type A king against this type A king. Everybody's out for plunder. And God's like, Jacob, if I leave you up in Canaan, over the decades, your family is going to be constantly hit with warfare, and your population base continually undermined, and you'll never get the momentum, the population, the critical mass. You'll never get big enough as a family to take your inheritance. So, Jacob, let me do you a favor. Let me put you in captivity. God puts Jacob and his family of 70 in captivity in Egypt for 400 years and places them behind the front lines of the number one military on the planet. The armies of Egypt. At that time, Egypt had the world's leading army. For four 
did not suffer a single casualty to war. They just kept growing. They grew so large in those 400 years that by the time they came out of Egypt, the baby came out a nation. They came out of the womb of Egypt, a nation large enough now to take their promised land, inhabit their promised land, hold on to their promised land. God puts you into captivity to enlarge you. Your trial is a womb. And you're not enjoying this womb. It's cramping your style. <laughs> you have no options. You can't do anything. You are in pain. And you are like, God, I thought you had given me some promises. And he's like, oh, the promises are still good. I'm just growing you right now. When God shuts you down and puts you in confinement, it's time to grow. Use the time to get large in grace, get large in faith, get large in wisdom, get large in the knowledge of Christ, get large in the Word, get large in fasting and prayer, get large in righteousness, get large in holiness, get large in the fear of the Lord, get large in good works. It's time to grow. Just say it to your neighbor, never waste a good prison sentence. When God shuts you down and puts you in confinement, use the time to grow. Could it be that you could so grow in the womb of your trial that by the time you come out of this thing, you will be large enough to enter your promises, take your promises, inhabit your promises? Is it possible you could so grow in this prison that the prison can no longer hold you? Okay, 
more. The Apostle John is on his way to Patmos. He's in his 90s, and Patmos was a prison island. Caesar is like, "Eh, let's send the old man to Patmos and let it be his tomb. And so John is being dropped off. Now, what they did, Kelvin, is they would just drop you off. There's no walls. There's no dormitory. There's no cafeteria. It's just a rock in the middle of the Mediterranean. And so they take you on a boat and just drop you off. And as John is pulling into his new prison home, his prison island, he's probably thinking to himself, well, I guess this is my tomb. like I don't see a tomb Revelation 1 verse 10 John goes I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he decides Your life. 
you a story. Just before COVID hit the fan, it was January of 2020. And I'm in El Paso, Texas. I'm speaking at a church in El Paso. And now something to know about me. Uh, because of my vocal situation, I when, when I'm finished preaching like I am right now, by the time I'm finished, I'm really finished. And so I will visit with you on a notepad. Please don't be offended by that. I love to visit. I just have to do my end of it on a notepad. So I'm in El Paso. I've just preached the evening meeting, and I'm finished here. So I'm now reduced to a notepad. And I'm visiting in the green room in the back with the pastor's wife. It's her first time to meet me. She's a little bit curious about my story, and she's asking me questions, and she asks me. She says, Bob, when you speak, is it painful? And I wrote on my notepad, every word has hurt for 28 years. she gets this look of compassion on her face. And she goes, I'm sorry. Do you know what I wrote back to her? On my notepad. I wrote down, God has never apologized to me for this. He for the trials of life. Job, why should I apologize to you for your horrific trial when I'm going to use this trial in your life to make of your story the first signpost in history to the cross of Jesus Christ? I'm going to give you the first book of the Bible. I'm going to give you a spiritual inheritance in every generation. And best of all, you are going to see God with your eyes. Job, why should I apologize to you for this? Joseph, why should I apologize to you for your horrific trial? Ten years in a foul Egyptian prison. Monty, I want you to visualize this now. No toilet. No toilet paper. No running water. No air conditioning. Ten years, he's living in a sewer. Why should I apologize to you for this horrific prison when I'm going to use this prison to so transform you that by the time you come out of this prison, it was actually a womb. By the time you come out of this prison, you will make Pharaoh the richest man on the planet. You will single-handedly save the lives of every person in the land of Egypt. You will become a feeder of nations. And 
and your crown jewel, you will establish your family in the land of Goshen, where Goshen is going to become a womb for your family to grow and become a nation of their own. Why should I apologize to you for this? Jesus, why should I apologize to you for your cross? The most horrific suffering our planet has ever seen. And he never apologized to Jesus for the cross. Why should I apologize to you for this cross? They think it's your tomb. It's a womb. I'm going to use this cross to give to you a bride from every nation, from every generation, from every people group, from every skin color, from every ethnicity, from every language group. They're going to come from all over the world, every island of the sea. You will own their heart, their their love, their devotion. They will love you with everything. I'm going to send the two of you off on an eternal romantic adventure. Why should I apologize to you for this? He never apologizes for the trials of life because what you thought was killing you It's not a tomb, it's a womb. Somebody in San Leandro, California needs to bring to full term the purposes of God in your family. Bring it to full term. Nourish that promise and push and give us a testimony to the faithfulness of God. In just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity just to dedicate your womb to the Lord. This is for the guys too, Pastor Steve. God's birthing stuff in all of us. And you've got, we're going to give you an opportunity just to give your, 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 your womb again to the Lord today and lay hold of his assurance and his promise. Uh, before that, though, I just want to show a, a, a personal film. This is a story that gives you a little bit of my own personal story. And uh, it, it's kind of a story on my labor birthing. Sir. 
pictures about what went wrong, but I had pain from the day the surgery happened, and I've had chronic pain now for these 22 years. Focal therapy wasn't helping, so at the end of a year of that, I said to my wife, honey, it just seems to me there's so much mystery surrounding this thing. It seems to me it's more than just a natural thing that has happened. I think there's something spiritual going on here. And I said to her, God got Joseph into prison. God got Joseph out of prison. If you're okay with it, I would like to go with God from now on. I was pastoring at the time, and my pain levels were increasing. My strength was decreasing.
so it's just me and the five kids. Off we go to watch the Rochester Red Wings AAA ball team. But I'm like a first timer in church. Where do you park? How do you get in? Where do you pay? Where are the bathrooms? But I'm trying to be cool. And so I'm like, come on, kids, here we go. And we finally find our way into the stadium. They got their hats, they got their baseball gloves, and I'm in an ornery mood. I'm like,
with me. He's closer than ever. He loves me. He's for me. And I'm just like, this is a bad way to think. And I'm trying to shut the stupid thing off. And I cannot shut this idea off in my head. And my analytical side kicks in and I start calculating my chances. I've never been in a game like this before. What are my chances of catching a baseball? So I'm, you know, pi r squared on the field. I'm, I'm, I'm counting how many people are in the stands. I'm, I'm counting how many balls are being caught. They're not catching baseballs. And besides that, we're under this overhang. There's a set of bleachers above us. A ball couldn't even get here if it wanted to.
this message is like a baseball for somebody in this room right now. You came to this house with a heavy spirit, feeling overwhelmed with what's happening, and you just feel like the Holy Spirit just threw you a baseball. And he did, because he's got a word for you right now. It's not a tomb, it's a womb. In Jesus, we're asking for miracles in this room today. We're asking for you to demonstrate your nearness, your affection, your love, your presence. And we're asking for the power of God to be released in this room. Somebody's going to be healed in this room today. There's, there's a family that's going to be healed. Relationships are going to be healed. God's going to be touching you in a personal way. He's going to be touching. You're, you're going to be returning to your business with something fresh in the Holy Spirit that is going to turn things. God's going to be doing miracles in this room today. And I'm going to ask Pastor Stephen if we can have some folks available to pray. Uh, Pastor Stephen will help me with that. We're going to have some folks here that will be available to pray with you. You don't have to come forward to respond to the word of the Lord. You can respond right where you're standing. But there are some people here today that you want someone to join with you in prayer, to agree with you, to lay hands upon you. If you're a sister being prayed for by a sister, that sister may actually put her hand right on your womb and call forth the promises of God in your life. If you're a brother and there's a brother praying for you, he might put his hand right on your spirit and call forth what God is birthing in your life. I invite you now just to make your space a space of prayer. It's a house of prayer. Every corner of this room is a place of prayer right now. It's just one big altar call where all of us standing in his presence now. Give your heart to the Lord. Heavenly Father, let there be a release of grace now in the Holy Spirit, a flow, a breeze, a river of the Holy Spirit of his life. Power through your word, encouragement, strength, the ability to sustain a fresh grace to nurture your promise. Receive it now. There is a fresh grace in this room for you to grow your promises in your spirit. Receive it, Lord Jesus, power in the Holy Spirit to live in your word, high calorie intake. There is strength coming to the hands that have been hanging down, to the knees that have wanted to collapse, and you are going to be going from this room today, setting a straight course for your feet, and Hebrews 12 says that you will be healed in the race. And I declare the healing over every lame thing in Jesus' name. I'm prophesying over my own life right now that it's not over, that God's going to birth this thing in our lives. And Lord Jesus, we are laying hold of promise.
promise. We are laying hold of assurance in the name of Jesus. You're welcome to come anytime. Anytime you want to come and receive prayer right now. Lord Jesus, may there be a, a, a flow of Holy Spirit authority and power. We are asking for apostolic authority on this Easter Sunday for a demonstration of your presence and your power and your spirit. Do not leave this place today without your portion that he has for you today. Wrap your heart around your portion. Get what God has for you. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to that kidney right now. Kidney function in the name of Jesus. Be strengthened, be whole, and function normally in the name of Jesus. Varicose veins healed in the name of Jesus. The pain of those varicose veins. I'm speaking to the pain. The pain be healed now in Jesus' name. In your neck, there's something in someone's neck. It may be the left side. Pain in the neck. And Jesus, the healer, is touching you now. Be healed in Jesus' name. There's somebody that's fighting for your son, and you need to come up here and let us fight with you. We're going to fight with you for your son. You're fighting for your daughter. Let us fight with you in the Holy Spirit because there is a war on for your family, and the enemy has been resisting, but God has a purpose, and what you thought was a tomb is going to become a womb to birth God's purposes in your family. Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Give Him your heart. Lord Jesus, we bless these that are coming forward. We're asking for power to be released in this room. Miracle, healing, delivering power. If you are troubled in your mind, if if you feel like there is a torment in your mind and the adversary attacks you in your thought life and in your mind, there is deliverance today. Come and receive it. Come and receive We're going to agree with you. We're going to lay hands on your mind and believe for a release of the life of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray in the Holy Spirit. If God has given you a heavenly language, pray in the Spirit. All across this room. Resurrection, 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 resurrection power, resurrection life, resurrection power in Jesus' name. Resurrection. Resurrection. Come alive. We're speaking to dead things. Things that you thought were dead, they're coming alive again. It's coming alive again. It's coming alive again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, 
please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.